Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis on this beautiful day here in the piney woods of Northeast Texas in our little community of Queen City. I'm the pastor of Crossway Church here and we have our first Peter uh, chapter 1 Bible study this morning as we meet uh, and surround ourselves around the Word of God every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. So I encourage you to get your Bibles and follow along with us today. And if you're a first-time viewer, you find us online some way, then uh, I want you to know if you're watching on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, we have a YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and we have... Uh, uh, website thecrosswaychurch.com uh, and we just uh, are, are just so blessed to be able to be gathered together around God's word today sharing his words of life and liberty written for us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and uh, the Lord is doing some most amazing things in these last few moments of, of this age as it prepares as he prepares to close this age out, he is about to pull the curtain on this church age as we've known it. And he is about to come out of that chamber again and come for us, just as he did when he burst forth out of that chamber as a strong man that came to run the race of, uh, of, of victory for us at Calvary. You can read about that in Psalms uh, 19, the first few verses there, and he's ready, he's getting ready to step out of that chamber again and come get his bride, and I'm talking about any minute, and, and, and the bride, make no mistake about it, she's making herself ready, she's got oil in her lamp, and she's looking, she's listening, she's waiting for the appearing of her Savior, and at any moment, we are about to <coughs> depart from this old world that's not worthy to even have us in it. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. So on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, there are several commentaries there for your convenience, for your benefit, for your growth. If you are learning the Word of God in its proper context, which is Christ and Him crucified, you'll love the commentaries. They'll help you and be a great blessing to you. And again, just click on the store icon at thecrosswaychurch.com. Avail yourself to what's there. But this morning we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start out in verse 18. That's backing up two or three verses so we can load up the wagons, so to speak, with where we've been and move forward. We always take with us what we've gained. We always take with us what we've gained so the Lord can add more to what he's given us in the past. So let's read this morning in verse 18 of 1 Peter chapter 1. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God. That's where we're going to be today, so pay close attention. Who by him 
do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith, my faith, and hope might be in God. Now, as we back up and we see that it wasn't with the things, the vain traditional ways of the old covenant to of the silver and the gold, even under the old covenant, they had to bring a certain amount of shekel into the sanctuary uh, pertaining to the sacrifice and all these rites, rituals, ceremonies, and all those things under the old covenant that always and only pointed to Jesus Christ and what he would do on Calvary's cross. In the Bible here, it's very important that you understand the focus of God. The vision of God. That's the vision he gives us at the born-again experience through what he looks through. When we look to the blood of Jesus, Jesus told Nicodemus, you cannot enter the kingdom of God or even see it until you're born again. You must be born again to enter. You must be born again to see it. And the born-again experience is our trusting, surrendering to, giving our hearts surrender, believing with the heart, surrendering with the heart to Jesus and what he did on the cross for our sins. And in that moment, we enter into the kingdom. In that moment, whether we understand all that or not, it's true. The Bible bears it out. We enter into the kingdom because we enter into the king through entering into his death. That's what the Holy Spirit immersed us into was the death of Jesus. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. And our eyes were opened and we were given vision. The only vision that God gives is his vision. I want to say that again. The only vision God gives is his vision. And it's not all these different visions. Now, a local church can have their vision for what he's called them to do in their specific community. But if they don't have his leading vision, his guiding vision, which, which is only experienced through faith in the sacrifice, the same way we received vision is the absolute only avenue of continuing to see and be led by God through that vision. Now, I want to share a little bit of something with you about that this morning. I, I took some notes at home, and, I, and, I, and let me see, here they are a few days ago, and I wrote these down. I didn't know I was going to be sharing them this morning. But just every once in a while, I'll pick up a pad of paper and a pen and the Lord's stirring in my heart and I'll go to writing some things. And, and this morning is a good time, I guess, is part of the reason he had me write these things down. Because uh, here in this, in this first chapter of Peter, he says that in, in, we get down here in, in, in verse 22, he says, seeing... You have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brothers. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. But I want to key in on that first word, seeing. And it's tied to verse 18, for as much as you know. 
You only know as much as you see, and you only see as much as you hear. And your hearing must be proper to see proper because that's going to determine how much you know. And how much you know is going to determine how much you can walk in that's of the Lord, how much your experience will be of the Lord. For as much as you know, you've got to know. And as much as you know to that same level, degree rather, you're going to see. So uh, seeing is very important. And let me say that again, that God gives us his vision and guides us with, with his vision. There is a scripture, uh, in, and let me, let me find it. It's in Psalm 32, 8. Let me, let me look it up. Psalms 32 and 8, and it says this. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Now, if you're not really a, a big student of God's word, an in-depth student of God's word, you, you're not really going to understand what that means. Well, how's God guide me with his eye? That means he guides me with his vision. That's what the eye does. It has vision. It sees. The eye sees. That's all the eye does. It sees. And we can only walk where we see. If we can't see, we can't walk. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Faith is our sight. Outside of that, it's just natural sight of the flesh. If it's not by faith we're seeing as much as we know, then we're just seeing in the natural and calling a lot of things faith, calling a lot of things the spirit that's not the spirit at all. We have to have faith to see. <clears throat> and then when we see, we can walk in a place. You can't walk where you can't see. So watch now. The Bible says God guides us with his eye. The Bible also says that in Proverbs 29 and 18, and I do hope you're taking notes, 29 and 18 of Proverbs says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, that's not talking about vision for your community, vision. No, no, no. There's only one avenue, that one way you can go that brings perishing. And it's the place where you're not hearing or you're not receiving, or you're not going, for whatever reason, the way of the cross. Only through faith in the sacrifice can you see. Can you not be perishing? For the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. I hear many people saying that, well, that preacher over there, he knows the message of the cross. Well, that's easily determined. Is he preaching it? Because the message of the cross is the message of the new covenant. And the new covenant's only found in the blood of Jesus. And let me tell you something about those who are receiving the new covenant. Who are, the Bible says in Psalms 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he shows, them, he shows, there's that vision. He shows them that fear him his covenant. 
we can say when we get around people who preach the cross that, that you know, we can talk the talk in this crowd, then we can talk the talk in that crowd, but those who are seeing the covenant are preaching the covenant. If they're not preaching it, they're not seeing it, and they're not seeing it because God's not showing it to them. He's trying to, but they're not seeing it because the, there's other objects of faith more important to them than the sacrifice, and that ultimately means one thing. We're lacking the fear of the Lord because God can't lie, and them that fear him, he shows them his covenant. I know, I know there have been preachers that I know who I went and listened to them preach and uh, they preached the message of the cross. And uh, the next night I didn't go to the meetings and uh, that following day at church somebody said to me, I, I wish you'd have came back last night to, uh, to the meetings. Uh, uh, he preached the cross when you were there, but man, he just went off and just, just went off. I mean, I, I know, you know, I know people, I know how deceptive and deceiving it is to be able to talk the talk in this crowd and then talk the talk in that crowd. But those who are seeing the covenant are preaching the covenant. Doesn't matter who's around. It, that, that, why do you think Paul got rejected by most in his day? Why do you think he had to keep writing to Timothy to keep Timothy encouraged and Titus and, and those fellas? But that, that, not many going to just stay the course no matter who's around, no matter I mean, once you, I, people tell me all the time, well, you know, he's learning the message of the cross. Let me tell you something. It's easy to see who's learning the message of the cross because they're sharing the message of the cross. Yeah, they, they, might, they're not, they might not be... Theolo theological uh, scholars or, or anything, none of us really are. We, we might think we are, but we're not. Uh, but, but, but whoever's getting it is giving it. Might be in some, uh, you know, struggled way. Or, but, but we're moving that direction, and that direction is seen. That direction is seen. Paul says when he's telling the people in Galatia as he wrote to them, he said about when, when I was in Antioch and, and, and all the things happened in Antioch that were happening with Peter and Barnabas and all that and when they started playing the role of a hypocrite, he said, when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. That's when he had to uh, bring a correction. So... It, it's obvious which way people are going, especially to the people who are walking uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. And they say the same thing about us today. They said about Paul, oh, he's just an elitist. He thinks he knows it all. He thinks he's better. He thinks he's holier than everybody. He thinks he's got a market on the message, blah, 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 beep, 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 beep. But he's the one who had his faith in the sacrifice, meaning he still had the vision not to go around condemning folk who weren't walking uprightly according to the truth, but surely to be reminding them that they're not and that they could be, and this is how it's done, through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who justified us on the cross. Hallelujah. By his faith, by his grace. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So, so those who are seeing are walking in that which they see. 
And where there is no vision, God says his people perish. Now, I didn't quote the end of that verse in Proverbs 29, 18. The whole verse says this. For there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Well, can't nobody keep the law. Can't nobody keep the law, so therefore ain't nobody happy. (laughs) And can't nobody keep the law, so there ain't nobody happy. But the good news is, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came and lived a sinless life and went to the cross and became our sin-bearing offering, completely fulfilling the law. He did the law entirely, completely, and perfectly. And our faith and trust and dependence upon him and his work at Calvary puts us in him and makes us law keepers and happy. Not that we're keeping the law, but that he kept it for us. And that, my friend, is the vision that God gives. He doesn't give vision outside of faith in the cross. This is why almost all preachers are functioning in a, in a hazy and dim and blind place today. If they're not opening their Bibles and pointing you to Christ and his work at Calvary, then they're preaching as blind men. Blind men, a place of no vision. Vision is only given through faith in the sacrifice. Vision is only maintained through faith in the sacrifice. Let's go over here to 2 Peter and read this verse. I believe it's 2 Peter 1 and 9. When he lists all these things, add to love, uh, you know, all these things about add to temperance, temperance, patience, you know the scriptures there. Then he gets down to verse 9 and he says, But he that lacks these things is blind. If these things aren't working in us, it's because we're not seeing the right thing. We're blind. He goes on to tell why we can become blind again as a Christian. Watch. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was. So this is talking about already born-again Christians, my friend, he's forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. We go blind. And this is not talking about like the Galatian church who was rebuked for uh, moving the object of their faith from the cross to circumcision. They fell from grace. They then walked in a place where the grace of God was, was not available to them unless they came back. The faith in the sacrifice. They fell from grace. Christ could no longer profit them or affect them. That's where they began walking. It doesn't say they lost their salvation. It, it, they didn't. But they were no longer functioning according to the Spirit of God, no matter how much they thought they were. That's why we have the book of Galatians, to help us stay the course. I want you to know that. If our faith moves from the sacrifice of Christ to anything, anything else. We fall from grace. Christ cannot profit us. He cannot affect us. He cannot continue to, by his spirit of grace, mediate the benefits of the new covenant. The church in Galatia didn't forget as if 
they had no recollection that they'd been saved and through the blood of Jesus. No, 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 no. That's not what the word forgotten that he was purged from his old sins means. It means we put that away and now we brought something in front of it, ahead of it, more priority, something else we're trusting in, AA, the purpose-driven life, the government of 12, the rules and regulations, fasting, prayer, anything. And you need to be praying and fasting. You need to be studying the Word of God, going to the house of the Lord. If you're not, then you're, pro you're functioning in disobedience. And, and, but, but, my friends, we can place our faith very quickly in something other than Christ and Him crucified. In every moment, any moment that we're not trusting in the work of Christ on Calvary's cross is a moment that we cannot present our bodies living sacrifices. It's any moment that we're not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ, then we cannot present our, our bodies living sacrifices. We can't offer our members as instruments of righteousness so much that will not take place because we're not seeing properly. So let, let, me, let me see this now. Watch, watch very carefully. But he that lacks these things, we're in 2 Peter 1 and 9, is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Now again, that doesn't mean it's nowhere to be found. What are you talking about? I don't know anything about being born again in the blood of death. No, no, no. Left that behind, we've gone on now past the cross. How many times have I heard that in 17 years? You've got to move on from the cross. How can I move on from the place I was forgiven? That's called forgetting it. Oh, no, we're not forgetting it. Oh, yeah, you've gone on to other th the other things put you in the boat of forgetting that. Going on to other things puts you in the boat of forgetting that. It's obvious. It's obvious the church is full of of many objects of faith that are not the cross. Here's the proof. If we were all the body of Christ, we're striving together, as the body Bible tells us to, striving together for the faith of the gospel, then we'd all be of the same mind, same spirit, speaking the same thing as the Bible tells us to. But we're not all striving for the faith of the gospel. Some are striving for the faith of Pentecost. Ain't nothing wrong with Pentecost being full of the Holy Ghost, but that ain't what we're striving for. No, some striving for this, focused on healing, focused on the prophetic. That's not, none of those things we're to focus on. The focus is only if you have vision, focus, vision. We can't be focused on the right thing if our vision is not right. And vision is only given when we're looking to the cross. Doesn't matter what the, the, these liars come along and say today. Well, they're just, uh, blah, no, beep, 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 beep. We have Bibles. Now watch. Watch very carefully what Peter goes on to say. Let's, let's read verse 9 and walk our way right into verse 10 and watch what you find. Watch this gold mind, this gold mind, this gold mind, this treasure that you'll find 
if you grab a hold of this truth. But he that lacks these things, all these benefits of Christ, the, the new covenant being mediated, its benefits by Christ through his spirit, if, if he lacks these things, it's because he's blind. That means his faith is not in the cross. Oh, he'll say it is in that blanket statement. Well, of course we believe in the cross, but that ain't what he's trusting in. See, that was the problem in Galatia. They knew they were saved by, of course we believe in Christ. Of course we believe in what he did at Calvary. But that wasn't what they began to trust in. What are we trusting in moment by moment? It's the moments that we're not surrendered to, mindful of, trusting in, depending on what Christ did at Calvary, that we get caught off guard and we do another big piece of stupid. Oh, my goodness, did we ever. Listen to this. And I'm about to read the proof of what I've been saying for a few weeks now. You cannot be surrendered to and actually trusting in the death of Jesus, knowing that he died for you and that you died with him and became a new creation in him, you cannot be surrendered to that and believing that from the heart and be committing an act of sin at the same time. Now, if you just got that blanket statement, well, of course I believe in Christ. Of course I believe in the, in the cross. But, but that's not what you're trusting in. Then it's no wonder you're not getting delivered. It's no wonder you keep tripping and slapping your forehead on the ground in that same old mess all the time. Watch very carefully the treasure you're about to find in the Word of God. He that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. That's not your pastoral position. That's not your, your calling and election as a father, a husband, an employer. No, that you're, you were called by grace, elected by grace, through the cross of Christ, purged from your sins is the focus. If you forget you were purged from your old sins, if you put the cross on the back burner, if you, if you say we got to go on from the focus of that now, you actually have allowed your flesh to deceitfully and deceptively steal your vision. Watch. Wherefore, the rather brothers give diligence. Uh, diligence. This is, this is learning to live moment by moment, striving for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. Look for a congregation that is striving together for the faith of the gospel that you'll find when you find a preacher preaching the faith of the gospel, hallelujah. And the more he preaches it, the more they'll strive for it together in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Those who, listen, well, that won't grow a church. Oh, yes, it will. It's God's only avenue of growing and building a church. Everything else is our fleshly, carnal attitudes and thoughts about building a church. Let's leave the building up to the builder. His name is Jesus. 
Jesus. Glory be to God. If they that build the house, mm, if it's not the Lord building the house, they that build it build in vain, the Bible says. I believe it's Psalms 127. I might be wrong. But, but listen very carefully now to this. Watch the, we haven't even got to the treasure yet. Watch this. Wherefore the rather brothers give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Do you know that word means stumble? While you're, while, moment by moment, in the moments. Now, I'm not saying any Christian on the planet has ever or is now living Moment by moment, striving for the faith of the gospel because we all get caught up, we all get distracted. We're still living in this old flesh thing that ain't nothing good in it. And, and, and it's what the Bible says, in our flesh, the fleshly and carnal, the residue, the stains of that old man. He's gone now. The Bible don't tell us to put off the old man. The Bible tells us to put off the attitudes and the behavior of the old man. It, the Bible tells us the old man has already been put off. But my Lord, he stained us up real good. We have, oh, we were, we, we're stained up. The rest of the reason you can be in prayer. And all of a sudden, you've been, you're talking to the Lord. Now you're talking about, you, you ain't even in prayer no more. That's the reason you can be trusting in the sacrifice of Christ in a moment. And in the next moment, be trusting in yourself. This is an intense, radical, uh, giving, giving our lives. We, we say it all the time, but we don't understand it. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was... 11, 25, whenever I gave my... When you... Giving your heart to the Lord is giving all that you are to the Lord. He purchased all of us. He purchased us with his own blood. Made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Not out of us, for us. He didn't create anything out of us he didn't use anything he created us all new everything that was is old and gone and now it's all new but we are stained with the residue of the old and so the promise and the treasure here he is that as long as you're making your calling and election sure moment by moment the promise is that you'll never not only fall, you won't stumble. So this confirms what I've been saying. We only stumble and we only fall while we're not making our calling and election sure, which is while, while we're not actually conscious of with an identifiable to God faith in the sacrifice of Christ. That place he saved us where he tasted death by the grace of God for us. Hallelujah. That we might also taste of that saving grace and say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah to the Lamb. You can't see unless you're tasting. And Jesus said it's his flesh and blood we have to be tasting, not, not, his, not his 
fleshly body and cutting off a pig. Faith in what he did with his body and the shedding of his blood, my friend. As long as this is where our mind is stayed, then we will have the perfect peace he made for us. Uh, Colossians 1.20, he made our peace through the blood of his cross. He whose mind is stayed on thee shall have perfect peace. I believe it was Isaiah that said that. Come on now, this is a time to get happy. Even if, even if you're being corrected by the Holy Spirit through vain uh, imaginations or false teachings or the way we felt, whatever, what we need is the Word of God to light up the path that, that He has us on. Hallelujah. So think about this. Now let me go back to my, 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 my notes here I took and let me read this to you this morning. Maybe you'll listen again. Maybe you won't have time to write it down. You'll have to listen again unless you know shorthand or something. To follow Jesus, one must know where to look to be able to see him. You've got, you can't follow who you don't see. Let me read this again. To follow Jesus, one must know where to look to be able to see him. In Hebrews 2 and 9 and Hebrews 12 and 2 tell us what we better be seeing if we're seeing Jesus. One of them says, Hebrews 2 9, see, seeing Jesus, uh, uh, but we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. I said, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. And Hebrews 12 and 2 says, but uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, did what? Endured the cross. Let me read it again. To follow Jesus, one must know where to look to be able to see him. And this is why so many people... They follow in the wrong Jesus because they're not looking unto Calvary. Or they're, or they're trying to follow the Jesus that saved them initially, but they stopped looking. They forgot. They got to keep looking to Calvary. And they were told by some old knucklehead preacher they had to move on. You got to get past the cross. Uh, and, 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 and now, now it's easy to follow another Jesus. Even if you saved, we're warned of it. Saved people were warned about other Jesuses being preached. So to see him must be for the purpose of becoming like him. That, that's our purpose. That's our main objective. It's not saving the lost. Our main objective as a Christian is to be in fellowship with our Lord and to be becoming like our Lord, and out of that process, my friend, comes the reaching the lost and the ministry to the saints. God is not unrighteous to forget our labor of love and that we have ministered to the saints and that we do minister to the saints. Hallelujah. Now watch. To see Christ properly is to be shown where we all must be willing to, moment by moment, look to and participate in, which is his death. 
Now, I don't want to get into all that, but my goodness, I, I need to do a segment exclusively on what it means. And I, and I mention it in bits and pieces all the time in our teaching and preaching sessions, but I need to do a segment on what it means literally, scripturally, to be in the sanctifying process, to be being conformed in the image of God's Son, to be being made conformable unto His Son's death, that glorious image we're beholding and going from glory to glory, being changed into that image by the Spirit of God. I need to do a segment on nothing but that. And maybe I will. Maybe I will here in a little bit. I'm stirring in my heart. The church does not understand that they're being made conformable unto the death of Christ. And to be in that process, they have to be looking at that. I hope, and I know the people that follow our ministry are learning these wonderful truths and may have known them for in the past. But we're really being shown some things right now by the Spirit of God that we've needed to know as a church for 2,000 years. It's been here all along. It's nothing new that somebody's pulling out of a hat like these puffed-up men try to do, claiming they come up with something. Ain't nobody come up with nothing. The Spirit of God is what gives us what we have, and He gives us only what He pulls out of what's already been written. The perfect and finished work of Christ gave us complete and perfect scriptures. Scripture's complete. If the scriptures aren't complete, and God still needs to use men today to add to the word, that, that's demonic and fleshly. It's not God. God already told us if you add to the word, the plagues of the book will be added to you. If you take away, your name's going to get taken out of the book of life. So folk better be careful. That if, they, if they were looking to Calvary, they, they would know the word of God is already completed because of the completed work at the cross. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So, to see him must be for the purpose of becoming like him. We must recognize the need to be like Christ. And we must be spiritually hungry to be becoming like Christ. Now, here's the last part of this. We've already talked a little bit about it, but I want to make sure I read it so we don't miss any of it. Because we're talking today about seeing Seeing what we have, for as much as you know, which is only as much as you see. And, 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 and Paul used that word a lot, seeing, seeing. So God guides us with his eye, Psalm 32, 8, write it down, meaning his vision. And where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. That's Proverbs 29 and 18. The only place of perishing is not accepting the opportunity to trust in the cross. Rejecting the cross. We reject the cross when we say we got to go on from the cross. We never go on from the cross. Jesus told us we have to deny, to be able to follow him. We have to deny self, take up the cross, and follow him. If you're listening to somebody tell you that your cross is not the cross of Christ then you're not going to understand much of the New Testament. God gives his vision of and into life. God gives his vision of life and into the life he offers in Christ Jesus 
only as he can get his people to behold the lamb. The light is the lamb. The life we experience is the life of the Lamb. The divine nature we partake of that Peter also wrote about is the nature of the Lamb. That's right. God's nature among men revealed to men, partaken of by men, is the nature of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's get back over here now. In 1 Peter, uh, let me see, 1 Peter, my goodness, where'd we go? I hope you're enjoying this today. I hope you're benefiting from this today. But let's stop here in verse 21 in 1 Peter chapter 1. The Bible says, who by him do believe in God. And let's, when we see the phrase by him, let's always uh, remember, and I know the Holy Spirit will remind us, of what he has already said in other places. But Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For of him, that means by him, and through him, and to him, are all things. Talking about Christ. To whom be glory forever. Amen. And another thing, watch this now. Here in verse 21 of 1 Peter chapter 1. It's only by Christ that we can believe in God. And not just Christ. The context here is what he did as the Lamb of God. If our faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, we're not really believing in Christ. We're not trusting in Christ. Therefore, we cannot be believing God. It doesn't matter what we do with the written word. If our faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ... We're not really trusting in the word of God. Take the Israelites. They were the ones who had all the word of God. And then when the living word of God, the one who had given them the word of God, the one who gave them all the prophets' words, all the words of the law, all the hymns, uh, words of the hymns written by the psalmists, uh, uh, when he stood before them, they received him not because they did not receive him as the word described him. I want you to think about this. You can have the word of God and declare it and quote it and, and, and all these things and make a, a show of you. But we're not the show. God put the show on for all of humanity on Calvary's cross. And if our faith is not in the sacrifice, it can't be in the word. It cannot be in what's written. We can declare it, we can quote it, but we can't be moved by the spirit unless we have faith in the word in its proper context. Remember, the, the people in Galatia, the church in Galatia, Circumcision was in the word of God. And they went back to what was in the word of God. They left faith in the sacrifice. Circumcision is a part of the old covenant word of God. But it didn't do them any good. What it did was it cut them off 
from Christ being able to affect them and benefit them, profit them. It cut them off from his being able to mediate the benefits of the new covenant to them because they fell from grace. They continued to use the word of God, but out of its context. The context of the word of God is the living word of God and what he did as the lamb of God on the cross. When we walk away from faith exclusively in the word of God in its context of Jesus and what he did on the cross, we no longer have the vision that God's word was sent to give us. The lamb is the light, Revelation 21 and 23. God's word, Psalms 119, 105 says, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Jesus said he's the light. So is it the word of God or is it the son of God or is it what Jesus, the son of God, did is the lamb of God? It's all three and they cannot be separated. The word of God and the light of who Jesus is as the Son of God and what he came to do as the Lamb of God. When the Lamb, the cross, the focus of the cross, the blood of Jesus is removed from the context of the Word, the light is no longer there to show us what we need to see. Therefore, and it's because the flesh and the carnal and self doesn't like to look at the cross because if we look at the cross and, and consciously with an identifiable faith just as in the born again experience surrender to the way of the cross then self has to be denied self doesn't like to be denied self doesn't like to be denied but as long as self is not being denied Christ can't be glorified only when self is denied through my faith, identifiable, conscious, moment-by-moment moment faith, surrender to the sacrifice of Christ, that's making my election, what did Peter say? Making my calling and election sure to me, real to me now for this moment right now real sure to, oh it's real and I want it I want it I want what Jesus did at Calvary that's what I'm beholding that's what God's conforming me into the image of and that's where I find the power the resurrection power flowing from to keep me from falling or even stumbling Anybody hearing the Lord today? Anybody seeing what they need to see today? Watch carefully. And I want to get this in before we run out of time. Verse 21, 1 Peter 1. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Who by him do believe in God. Remember Jesus said you can't get to God the Father except through him. By him we believe in God, that God raised him up from the dead. God gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. If our faith is not in the sacrifice, then it's really not in Christ. It's really not in the word, and it can't be in God. And that is the ultimate location, our faith, belief, hope, and trust 
has to be in God, but it can't be unless it's by Christ in Christ. And it can't be in any moment that we're trusting in anything other than the sacrifice of Christ. And you say, well, I don't, I'm never trusting in nothing but the sacrifice of Christ. Then why'd you get in the flesh and do that big piece of stupid? Because when you did that, when you did that, you weren't trusting in that. You were trusting in what you thought you needed to do to show them a thing or two. Now, get that? No, we're not out there trusting in, in the things we used to trust in anymore. We're not trusting in Jack Daniels and W.L. Weller. Uh, we're not trusting in, in these even now that we're, we got in, in, in the local church. Now, we're, we're not trusting in the AA. We're not trusting in the, the government of 12, the purpose-driven life. But we do trust in ourselves many times. Many times. Go ahead and admit it. I trust in self many times. Self jumps up and says, I'll take care of this, and we go with it. When we, when we act like we know we shouldn't be acting, and we do it even when we know if we surrendered to this truth of Calvary, that self would be denied, and the new man could have what he's looking for. He's looking to present our members as instruments of righteousness, our bodies as a, alive from the dead. Hallelujah. So the, the message of the cross, the problems in the church is not just from people that don't know the way of true sanctification, which is faith in the cross. Our problems also take place by us because we do know the way, or we say we do, we claim we do, and we even preach it, and God uses us, but yet there's still moments. I said there's still those moments that we don't surrender to the truth of Calvary. We, if, if we're honest, we admit it. And that the, 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 the proof that that's right it's what should drive us even more to be found striving more for the faith of the gospel. I want the power of the gospel, the power of the cross, the power of the name of Jesus, the power of that shed blood in my life. Moment by moment, I want to constantly be found seeing what I need to see, knowing what I need to know, clinging to what I need to be clinging to because I am my problem. I carry the problem, but I also have this treasure in this earthen vessel that if I'll submit to the truth of what my Savior did for me moment by moment, and you say, well, we can't do that. You can be found striving for the faith of the gospel if you're told to do something in the Word of God, that means it's doable. Not by us, but by the Spirit of God. But He can't do it, Church of Galatia, you'll hear me say it all the time. He can't do it without finding that identifiable and conscious faith, trust, dependence, surrender to Jesus and His death on Calvary's cross. The moment I trust in myself, self is, is functioning. Every moment that I'm not trusting in the crucified, I'm trusting in me. 
even if I'm trusting in all these things that we list all the time, the government of 12, when we get focused on the prophetic instead of Jesus, when we get focused on the fivefold ministry instead of the cross of Christ, when we get focused on all these things and our faith gets shifted from that we were purged from our old sins because we got to get past that, we say, and we got to get focused on this other stuff. We lose vision, and all we can do is be puffed up about what we're seeing now. But we're not seeing anything by the Spirit if we're not looking through Calvary. And my friends, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching and I'm teaching true biblical Christianity. I'm not preaching and teaching anything new. It might be new and it, it will be new to 90-something percent of all the church. But it's not new. It's what God has offered and expected throughout the 2,000-year period of the church age. It's what he's offered and expected to see through this 2,000-year period of the church age, which let me say it again, is about to have the curtain pulled on it. It's not too late to start right now, to come back to Calvary right now, to stay there right now, and to learn to war as the good soldier who fights the good fight of faith, which is maintaining faith in the sacrifice, not just going around with some blanket state. Well, of course I believe in the cross. No, I'm talking about depending on it. And when you get there, when you, when you start walking there, my friend, you're not going to have a problem with these men and women who are out here preaching this message, and you're going to join the ranks of those who are becoming determined to know nothing other than the cross of Christ. You're going you're gonna to begin to recognize all the negative comments that are made about them are the same people that if they'd lived in Paul's day would have been saying them about him. Oh, no, not Paul. I'm telling you, when you're bad-mouthing those who are preaching the cross and bringing warnings where they're not or where there's, there's a mixture being allowed, that's a, that's a warning of love, my friend, and, and, and the negative comments toward them. L listen. Those same people that are doing that would have done it to Paul and Timothy and Titus. They, the vain imaginations of our minds just lead us, uh, uh, self is leading us. And we, well, I wouldn't have, oh, I would never done that to Paul if you're doing it to people now. And, and notice, it's never what they're saying is really wrong. They have to go after something else because all the, all the bombardment that comes toward those who are preaching the cross, Scripture's never used. Just beep, 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 beep. Never Scripture. Now, I have to say these things at times because we need to know this. But i gotta, I got to get to this. Watch now. God, we believe in Christ. We believe in God by Christ, only by Christ, and only by the way of the cross. And that, not just initially, but moment by moment. Moment by moment. We learn to put all these other things on the back burner. All these other, all this time we spend doing all this other junk. You got a Bible sitting right there beside you. You might pick it up and read three or four verses, but you'll watch six hours of television. Come on now. Ain't, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm talking 
to all of us. But I got to get this out now. But we believe in God by Christ, watch now, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory. Now I got to read Revelation 5 and 12 as we get ready. I got about four, four minutes as we get ready to close today, I, I, I pray the Lord show you this powerful truth in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. You've got to see this. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, th these are the millions of angels that were singing, declaring this in heaven, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive. Get that now. Slain to receive. Jesus had to die to be able to receive what we're about to read. And he had to die to receive these things to be able to become the door of distribution of these things to us. And they only come through our faith in the Lamb. And that not just an initial faith. We have access to all that he received as the slain lamb when we were born again. But the experience of all that he received as the slain lamb is only partaken of in our lives when our faith is in him as the slain, buried, and resurrected lamb. you got to understand that. If that's not true, God lied to the church in Galatia. Again, the book of Galatians is our billboard that always is right there for the maturing Christian to let us know when I'm not trusting in the cross, I'm trusting in myself. And when I'm trusting in myself, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace can't function. That's according to the new covenant law of the Spirit of life. Romans 8, 2. Watch now. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. All that Jesus has received to be able to distribute, mediate as the mediator of the new covenant to us, he had to be slain to receive. We, our faith has to be in him as the slain lamb to receive from him what he was slain to receive. This is powerful. You say, well, I, I was born again. Now you have access to all of it, but your faith has to remain in the sacrifice because the cross of Christ is the place of communion. It's the place of fellowship. We fell, our fellowship with God is our fellowship in his sufferings. That's the cross. And to receive what we receive from the Lord, what we desperately need daily, requires an identifiable, conscious faith, just as it was in the born-again experience in the death of Jesus and the flood of mediation begins to be experienced in the Christian's life. That's why you hear all these Christians who've been wayward and trapped in all these false ways 
when the Lord stirs their heart, convicts them, and brings them back to their first love, back to trusting in the cross alone, they all say, I feel like I've been born again all over again. Why is that? Because that flood of mediation, mediatorial benefits from our Savior begin to be experienced again because our faith is now again in that which allows us to see, know, and walk in what the Lord died for us to be able to have. It's been a great honor today to be with you for this hour of Bible study. We're here on Friday mornings from 9 a.m. Central uh, to 10. And, 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 and I want to encourage you not only to join us every week, but to go ahead and don't just like and don't just comment. Share these, these truths in every avenue that you have possible so that somebody, just somebody somewhere just might hear this truth of Calvary and be delivered from all their misery, all their struggles, not knowing why their Christianity is not working and why they're lost. Some people are lost. They need to hear the focus of the cross to even be born again. So help us broadcast these teachings. And uh, you, you, can, you can help us by praying for us. And if the Lord, I know you're going to pray for I know he's going to stir your heart to pray for us if you're hearing this message today. But if he stirs your heart to give, and that's between you and him, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. I know you've been blessed today. Either you've been blessed or you've become big time mad. But you got to get mad before you get glad. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. But God has a way of making you glad if he can get your eyes to see who he really is through what he really did in his son on Calvary's cross. God bless you. I love you. I'll see some of you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.